1: friends, thank you for joining me today on WCN-TV. Welcome. We have a great, great guest lined up today to to discuss something that many of us don't give a lot of thought to. So I want to do a lead-in with these questions. What kind of a communicator are you? How effective are you at communicating in a way that points people to Jesus? Have you ever considered that fulfilling the exhortation found in 1 Peter 3.15 is directly related to the manner in which you communicate. Now, my guess is that not many people give that much thought to their communication. Well, Today, I'm blessed to welcome my friend and brother in Christ, Dave Howard, to WCNTV. Dave, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you so much for
2: having me. It's it's a
1: blessing, my friend. Dave Howard has a, a BS in criminology from California State University, an MPA from DePaul University, is a Montana State Senator, former FBI agent, the founder of both Foxhole Ministries and the national radio program, The Voice of Truth Wake Up Call. And I must tell you, friends, that's how I met Dave, because we air the Voice of Truth Wake Up Call. There's the website. Thank you, Spencer, Foxhole Ministry. We air the Voice of Truth Wake Up Call on our uh, FM station here in Lima, Ohio, an outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel of Lima. And I so appreciated listening to that uh, spot, The Voice of Truth Wake Up Call Every Day, that I just reached out to Dave and said, I would love to have a conversation with you on one of my shows. (laughs) And he actually said, okay.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I jumped at the chance.
1: Yes, well, Mm -hmm. Dave, your new book, The Christian Art of Verbal Chess, here it is, friends, The Christian Art of Verbal Chess, speaking life into others is a brilliant application. Of Galatians five, I'm just going to give. There's a spoiler there, but that starts this whole this whole book off, um, Galatians five, and how the fruit of the Spirit can, and in fact must guide and control our relationships and our interactions with other people. So as we get started today, Dave, I'm wondering if you would share with uh, our viewers how uh, or when. Did you see the the practice or the application of the fruit of the spirit as instrumental uh, in our communication? How did you come up with this concept, this framework for for couching it this way? Because personally, I think it's brilliant.
2: Well, the thing is, is we have to realize all of this that that life's a number of steps. When I was in the FBI, uh, in their infinite wisdom, they wanted me to go and train police officers how to interview. Of course, they didn't give me any direct education on how to teach police officers. to. to, So I came up with a program I should do in research, which was called the on-time symptom technique of interviewing, where you actually judge people's body language and actions and responses to, to tell whether they're truthful or not. Well, in later years, uh, I was had my own company. And this company, what I did is I did trainings. We did sexual harassment prevention programs. We had other crime prevention programs. And a friend of mine that became a friend later, his name is George Apple, with the uh, Sacramento Fire District. I did a program on violence in the workplace. And there was a little bit of that program that had to do with communication. And he asked me to come back and do a communications program. Then I had a problem. Now, how do you teach communication where you can see it, where, Mm -hmm. because communication is limitless. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how do you put it down to something that, that you can kind of get your hands on and where can you start so you can keep learning? And, and, and because one of the good things about communication, we get to practice every day.
1: Yes, 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 <laughs> <Everybody> amen. <laughs>
2: open their mouth. So exactly. what happened is, is I, I love to play chess. I'm not a great chess player, but it's a game of strategy and all meaningful communication is a game of strategy. So I start thinking, okay, look at what are the pieces of the game? Well, the king had to be the nature of Christ. It had to be who you are inside. And the queen is the skill of giving grace. Now, when you talk talk about that, you're just actually, you know, really talking about the, one of the two most important things. Because if we don't have the character of Christ, if we're not striving for that and we don't have the still skill of giving grace, all of us have talked to people that we could we could care less what they were saying Uh What they're saying many times is nonsense, but as it says in the title, if you're going to speak life into someone, you have to be able to affirm them and affirming them is being able to listen to them. And then if you develop the skill of not only listening, but watching their body language and communicating with them, and there is the skill of giving grace. Now, next is the bishop you know, it's empathic listening. We, we, many times we have a lot of classes. uh, They never seem to ever teach us how to listen. And uh, if you want me to go on, I could, I could finish out that, but uh, that is the necessity of communication.
1: Yes. And, and, and I'm glad that you brought up the actual pieces uh, of a chess set and we're going to we're going to loop back to that because I want to talk about each one of those individually, the characteristics that you ascribe and, and then how they're they're applicable in, in the communication process and all those different layers and levels. But before we do that, you write a lot about our need to communicate and relate selflessly and not selfishly. That's
2: now. right. That's, that's a lot easier said than done though, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. It, for myself, what I do is I have to coach myself to put on my communication hat. I have to go through a mind process because we all like to have, it's like we talked before this program. I call that play talking. We, we just have a good time communicating and having fun talking to each other. Mm-hmm. But when it gets down to something that is serious and certainly coming to the Lord and understanding how to be his disciple is serious business.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yes. So we have to put on our communication hat and we have to have a strategy and we have to know we're in this process.
1: Yes. Yes. So some that have joined us today, Dave, they're probably wondering, okay, I'm hearing what you're saying. I, I, I think I'm beginning to understand. And, and so stick with us, folks, because we're going to really unpack all of this. But, but some of them, they may be thinking, um, well, can, can understanding the value of godly communication and, and, and striving to, to follow the Bible's instructions in this area, can that assist me in difficult situations, uh, conversations, some might even think confrontations, can understanding all of this, what we're going to lay out for folks, is that going to be uh, an aid
2: for them in their interpersonal relationships? It, it, it It will be critical for them. It will actually, communication is the key. If you ring the bell, it's the key to relationships,
0: mm-hmm.
2: okay? You you look at, I've done just a little bit of this, but um, counseling of husbands and wives that are having problems. Mm-hmm. Inevitably, the the wife or the husband will tell me, she's not listening to me. He's not listening to me. You see, that's where we need to be able to, we have to, we have to listen to somebody's soul into existence to understand them. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Body language. And you, you, you mentioned this just a few moments ago, body language plays a large role in communication, it is. much larger than the average person thinks. Okay. Um, how can we, how can we learn to read body language, um, of other people and, and, and how can that help
2: our conversations with them? Well, in the book, I talk about bringing, creating a baseline. Okay. In other words, you're talking to somebody. So if you want to know what truthful responses are, most of us use palm gestures, like what I'm doing right here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That's mostly. Now, if you're talking to someone, I could use an example. Let's say I found out somebody is a, uh, Las Vegas Raider fan. All I have to do is start asking them questions and I'm going to get truthful responses from them. That's, that's their passion. Okay. Then if you start talking to them about what they know about Christ and what he was stood for and that type of stuff, you might get, you know, this type of body language, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, that's a little bit of covering up. I'm changing. I've just got through telling you, I love this and I do this and I know who's doing this, but now it's this, okay? You see the change and you see, it, that's what you have to detect. And you want to change the tone of voice. All of those things make a difference in the meaning. Many of us, that, most of us don't say exactly what we mean, but when we combine body language with our tone of voice, with what you know uh it's uh, like years ago i watched a police officer interview a guy that had beat his wife and he stood back did this leaned back in his chair and he said you're right officer you're right you're right officer you're right was he was he <laughs> was he going to change what he was going to do
1: <laughs> probably not he didn't <laughs> yeah yep that said it all didn't it
2: it did yeah. arms akimbo up here. I'm covering up. I'm leaning back to get farther away from you if I possibly can. Yep. And I'm nodding my head to fool you into thinking I agree.
0: Yeah, that's right.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a very good illustration. Um, the Holy Spirit, of course, plays a central, the central, we might say, role. How important is it, Dave, that we actively seek the leading of the Holy spirit when we're engaged
2: with other people in communication. I, I, I cannot say this biblically, but I believe when we get our prayer involved and we get our motives, right. I think then what we're doing is we're speaking the truth of God and the Holy spirit just takes over. Mm -hmm. And I believe that with all my heart.
0: <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and I would agree with that. In fact, I I practice um, preemptive prayer when I know that I'm going to be meeting with a certain individual, and um, and and the and the topic or the topics are already established, and um, if there's some type of strain or or stress within the relationship or related to the topic. I'm going to pray preemptively before before we even meet, and, I'm, and, and, and I ask the Lord show me, show me, uh, give me insight, uh, divine wisdom, discernment, all of those things. Help me to to see what I otherwise couldn't or wouldn't see or understand. Help me to 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 uh, hear and listen. Um, effectively and efficiently, because I want to be able to communicate clearly, truthfully, and spirit-filled, and led. and And I think that's very important. Um, again, we, we could go back to conversations that are confrontational. Um, you're not always going to to see things that that uh, might help. And what I mean by that, and I, I'm not. I, I feel like I'm speaking to the choir, Dave, cuz cuz yes. you're a former FBI, I mean, I'm not informing you of anything, but you can get you can get into some hostile situations mm-hmm. where it's actually uh combat, not you, you know, uh mm-hmm. there's nothing volunteered, there's nothing given, everything is begr- you know, threat and timid the whole 9 yards. So yes. so asking the Lord, but even in those situations I still think asking the Lord to lead us through that process is a wise thing. Don't you think?
2: Yes. And also that's why in the Christian art of verbal chess, I came up with 13 pawns, as you remember. Mm -hmm. And the pawns are on time techniques. Yes. And the thing is, is you have to realize all humans need two things. We need oxygen and we need to be affirmed. Now, affirmed is not necessarily agreed with. You can really reduce anxiety with somebody talking to them if you start doing things like using your body language to make them understand you're listening, ask them questions, say, now, how did you come to that conclusion? Can mm-hmm. you tell me a little more about this? And you see, I'm using my body language to make, convince them and to do, because I have to be in control of my own body language. Yes, and yes, I, I don't care how it's sincere my voice is, but if I'm like, go ahead and tell me how it went, <laughs> <laughs> it's not going, <laughs> yeah. Well, could you do it in 30 seconds or less, please?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, friends, I am talking with uh, author David Howard. He is a Montana State Senator, former FBI agent, founder of both Foxhole Ministries and the national radio program, The Voice of Truth Wake Up Call, about his fantastic book. It's available uh, on Amazon, The Christian Art of Verbal Chess, Speaking Life into Others. And I have to say, Dave, that as I was reading through the book, um, as we should expect, Mm -hmm. the Lord is going to point out things and say, Yeah. What do you think of that, Mike? Mm -hmm. What do you think of that? Because you're not doing that as well as what you could.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if it's if it's any um, encouragement, uh, I fail at times at the art of Okay, where if you're human, you fail. Yes. The key thing is, is this is what's important is to know you're failing Mm -hmm. and regroup.
1: Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, before we get into the, the separate pieces uh, of, of the chess set, king, queen, bishop, castle, knight, pawns, all of the pieces, one more general question, Dave, um, mm-hmm. talking about, and you mentioned this in connection with the queen, extending grace. What's the basis for showing grace to other people? Why should we do that? And I'll just give a, a, a hint to our viewers. It isn't because we think they deserve it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. Dave, why should we? Well, the thing is, I think this way. We want to be Christ-like. And Christ, when he came in the flesh, he brought grace and truth. And when you study grace, it's a negative and a positive. It's forgiveness for a wrong. And it's the love to try to forget. And when we look at that and we're talking to somebody that is. um, We have people that are consumed in themselves and they talk too much and we Mm -hmm. can all tell ourselves that Mm -hmm. the thing is, is that. Or either that, or they're, there's veiled threats in their speaking, or they're 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 rude. Okay, they're condescending. Without giving grace, we can't continue the conversation.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You see, yep. but once we're set up in our our motives to, to give that grace, we're able to let a lot go by. In the book, I tell you. Where we all have this mitt and we can choose whether to catch the barbs or not. And mm-hmm. if we let them go, why and die in space, we take all of the power away from the anger. And now we can show that grace through love, questions, empathy, mm-hmm. the types of things that we need to be to actually find out what's going on in that person's life. Yes. And yes. that's the key.
1: Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. And we will take, Dave, we do have a live uh, audience that, that is uh, uh, able if, if they're, if they so desire to ask questions. So we'll probably do that towards the bottom of the uh, bottom of the hour. Uh, And we also want to bring in Harry uh, Wilkinson to share a few thoughts and comments uh, during our show today, but let's move on. to the pieces of the chess game. Everybody knows those pieces, the king, the queen, the bishop, the castle, the knight, and the pawn. Let's touch on each of those briefly and and learn how they work together to make us effective communicators for Jesus. So the king, in this chapter uh, on the king, Dave, I I loved how you, you took 10 disciplines and in and, and you 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 spoke about those ten disciplines of the king and I, and I wonder if you would just touch on a few of those and then talk about how those should be reflected in us as well
2: well the first three I say is integrity self-control and humility now when we talk about the fruit of the spirit can any of the fruit of the spirit exist without self-control? And we could argue that it can't. Because when we're talking about love, we know Christian love is an action word. It's what we're doing. It's not what we feel. You see what I mean? The good Samaritan never said, I love him. (laughs) Okay. But it's obvious that the priest and the Levite didn't. Yes. And under God's terms. So love is not what's interesting is, is what got me to thinking about this years ago is I was in Korea as a military policeman during, um, you know, 67, 68, 69, that time during the Vietnam conflict. Koreans have like 20 different words for love. Hmm. Not one. And what do we do? We abuse it. Yeah. Really? But the key thing is, is this love comes to self-control. How many times have you been surprised by something? And just by being compassionate back, showing that humility, you overcome the negativism. You see, Um, gratitude, acceptance, patience, boy, patience, Mm. patience. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah
2: Yeah yeah uh, Be, careful.
1: Be careful when you pray for patience, right?
2: That's right, that's right, yeah. yeah. Faith, hope, and they're all wrapped around the last trait, and that's perseverance because without perseverance, because we keep failing at these and we keep trying and we keep pushing forward. So that's what the king is, and that creates our character and our character. We strive as Christians to have the character of Christ, but very seldom does anybody define that. As a matter of fact, many of them, many people defined it wrong. Um, I was told the other day, I read this, and it said that Christians put a square up in the sky, and they put everything that Christ, or that a Christian is, the only problem is Christ doesn't fit in their square. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so we got to be careful. What is it? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And that's yes. what I tried to do with the, it, the their inner traits, and that guards our responses, that controls our responses, our inner traits. Control our responses.
3: Yes, yeah,
1: and and I can't imagine that there are very many people out there that uh, would not admit that they wish they had communicated differently with someone at some point in their life. And uh, so, so that's a very good chapter to to um, meditate on, friends. The characteristics of the king, and I love that symbolism too. The characteristics of our king—that's right, absolutely—to <laughs> be what we are demonstrating, um, yes. and there is and there is grace. So, so the queen, the queen. You, state, you state that the queen, and and, and this is a, a direct quote: the queen is truly our spirit of the game, the art of
2: graciousness, absolutely. Why is that, Dave? It has to be into every piece on the on the playing field. Hmm. It has to infect it. Uh, it is our most versatile and it is the most difficult. <laughs> because, yeah. uh, I mean, I told you about an instance where uh, up in Helena is a state senator and uh, pushing forth a bill that some people were extremely unhappy about. And they came in and they were anything but graceful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, they were tyrannical, okay? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we have to look at this as, as an achievement. Um, let's see. I think that we have to understand that grace can move in and around everything that we do. Every piece on the field. It it can go forward. It can go backward. It goes sideways, Okay. Yes. Yes. And that's what the key is. It has to, has to, the grace has to be into everything our motive is trying to do and accomplish. Think of of all of the conversations we could have with our wives over the years. And if we'd have been a little more graceful, yes. Amen. <laughs> things could have gone a whole lot better. Amen. Yeah.
1: Amen. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's, let's, uh, Let's chat about one more, okay. and then we'll we'll take any questions. Uh, and 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 Harry, I'd like to welcome you. And after this question and and uh, comments from from Dave, but in chapter six, Dave, you discuss the character traits of the bishop, and you begin by mentioning four kinds of communication. Four mm-hmm. kinds of communication. What are those? <laughs>
2: You're going to test me here, and then I'm a little bit nervous, <laughs> and I won't even go over myself. <laughs> I'm
1: looking specifically at page 105, <laughs> it's I'll an open ready. book test.
2: <laughs> Which you, you know, it's interesting. Um, in life, uh, we if if I was sitting around the dinner table with you right now, I'd have this right at the top of my my mind but that's right then then, uh there's four kinds of communication okay you know we listen four ways
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and first we ignore people okay (laughs) and we the next one that's really bad is we pretend listen Mm -hmm. okay and then we selectively listen that's probably one of the worst ones because the person that, that is talking to us, they can tell we're selectively listening. Mm-hmm. And what we are doing is I- ignoring them. At least you can sit there and you can put a look on your face like you're listening. Okay?
1: Uh, <laughs> a lot of husbands are squirming right now. But- <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Uh,
2: I tell husbands, if your wife comes in and says, I need to talk to you, the first thing you do is shut the TV off Yes. And take the remote out of your hand and set yes. it down and yes. say, can we go sit at the dinner table and let's talk. Okay. Then the yes. last one is attentive listening. Mm-hmm. Attentive listening is essentially where you're into it in the sense that I tell people, I, I got to put on my listening hat. I got to get my mind going to where I'm listening. Uh, just just today I had a grandson and he started to tell me something and he says, no, you're not listening. That was a, a bell that went boing. Okay. Grandpa, now it's time to listen. I said, sit down here, let's do it. And then I gave him my undivided attention. Mm -hmm. But by doing that, I affirmed him. Yes. You see? Yes. And really what he was telling me was not something I would agree with, But the fact that I was able to sit there and let him just pour out his heart, and then I was able to sit there and ask him questions to get him more information from him, he walked away from that, willing to hear what I was going to say, and that was the reason.
1: Yeah. Now, you made a very, very good point, Um, and one that I think most people wouldn't have a clue about, and that is, you say towards the end of this chapter that the deepest psychological hurt is humiliation. That's right. Most people, when they hear that, Dave, they think humiliation, that's something that you have actively spoken or done that's that's brought that on them. But the point you're making here is that we can humiliate people simply by acting like we're listening to them when we're really not. And really
2: not, right. We're really pulling the rug out from underneath them. And they're going to walk away and they're mm-hmm. not going to think much of you. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yes.
1: Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll remember that. I think it's safe to say.
2: One, one of the hardest things I've done in the political world is I'll be like at a conference and four people will walk up to me. And I'm sure you've had this after you've given a sermon. There's four people walk up And you want to listen to all of them, but you, you, you got to only listen to one at a time. Then the the guy over here is fidgeting because he's got to wanting to say something. You're in your heart. You're thinking, I got to hurry. And then, then you got to talk yourself out of hurrying because if you hurry, you're going to be pretend listening. (laughs)
1: Yes. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Yes. yep. And inevitably, inevitably, Dave, the first person of the four, Thinks mm-hmm. he has a half an hour to talk to him.
3: exactly
1: right. It's not, <laughs>
2: it's not like oh, I got to him first. I can dominate this. Like, that's exactly
1: right. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Well, uh, I think at this point, let's let's uh, take a break. Um, Spencer, I don't know if you're monitoring any of the other platforms. If there are any questions uh, that anyone has, but. Uh, Anybody in the anybody in the queue that has a question, please just raise your hand. If you have a question for Dave about anything that we have talked about, then uh, we'll take those questions now. And if not, we're going to move on. Harry, I, I see you uh, in the queue, and I'd like to welcome you to WCN-TV. And I know that uh, you had some thoughts and comments that you wanted to share, brother.
3: Well, appreciate the opportunity. Bill. You're very welcome. All the conversation—it sounds like up to this point has been one-on-one, uh, you talking to someone, someone talking to you. But while I listened to it, I—I've I, been trying to relate it to the church, to how the the leader of the church, the pastor, uh, in some cases many different pastors if it's a big church, how they relate to the to the people, and. I must admit, we have some very disappointing experiences where they're not following too much of what you're saying at all. Um, the, the The church has fallen greatly. Now, that's my personal opinion. And there's others that agree, others that don't agree, and it really doesn't make any difference. That's my opinion. The church has failed tremendously because of the communication, lack of communication, and relative. To today, uh, you know, they, they far sooner talk about what the Bible has to say about what will happen someday in the future instead of talking about how the Bible relates to us today.
1: Amen. Uh,
3: the communication just isn't there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly, Harry. Absolutely true. Uh, I, I, I have lost count of the number of times that I, that I have said um now, I can tell you the last time I said it, and that was Sunday at a <laughs> gathering that I had the privilege of speaking to in Iowa. I said to this gathering that a a, a pastor, an elder, a teacher, anyone who has the privilege and the blessing of addressing a crowd of people from a biblical perspective should speak to them with a newspaper in one hand and the Bible in the other. Amen. And, and they should be addressing the issues of the day. What does God think about these things? Mm-hmm. Because you you know, Harry, you know, Dave, those who have joined us that you know this. They're gonna get an opinion from somebody on the events of today. The likelihood that it's a biblical, godly perspective, not very likely. And so it is, it is our great privilege and responsibility to say, this is what the scripture says about this. And this is what the scripture says about that. And I would take it even a step further. Some, some pastors, they won't go here. They, 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 they just won't do it, Harry. I'm not afraid to do it. I'll also encourage them to take action. Here's what you should be doing based on this. And this is what the scripture says. Now, this is our responsibility. So it's not just the application to show us, but it's the implication. <laughs> what is implied here? What what is our moral responsibility as a result of understanding these things? Yeah. Then the ball's in their court, and it's between them and the Lord whether they take action. But for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead by example. I'm gonna be out there. In front, leading by example, as Paul said, "Follow me as I follow Christ." what do you What do you think, Harry?
3: You well, know, just to give somewhat of an example, um, the last church that we attended, and I must say i'm I'm not ashamed to say it right now, we're not in a church because we plain and simple can't find one that teaches truth, as it relates to today. I don't want to sugarcoat things. Well, we, we helped Rob distribute the, his paper here locally. And we took the paper into the church and gave it to the pastor, asked him to read it, and, you know, asked if we could, you know, offer it to the church. Now, we did not offer it to the church without going to him first. He came back the next week, and he says, uh, no, this is too divisive. I, what? <laughs> um, you know, that paper communicates many different avenues. There's nothing in there that, that is divisive unless you wish to call the scripture, What the scripture says that the, the scripture itself says that it will bring division. Well, division brings thought. Um, but we never had a chance to go any further than that because the communication was just shut down, just plain stopped. And that's where so many seem to be.
1: Yes. Well, Harry. Let me let me suggest that uh, that you get a copy of Dave's book. <laughs> <laughs> good plug, good plug. Yeah, and he lays out some good strategies for enabling a conversation to continue, uh, to go on, and and to to help um, motivate someone to actually explain. It's real easy to say, nope not going to have it because it's divisive. Well, what do you mean by divisive? What please explain divisive. And 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 so then that opens a door for further conversation and you're actually uh asking them to state their position and why and then that gives you additional opportunity to ask more questions to, you know, keep moving the conversation along um toward a more fruitful ending. Is is that a fair way to say it, Dave?
2: Yes, a matter of fact, in the Christian art of verbal chess, that's the question pawn. Okay. The thing is, is this, uh, I might tell you, Harry, uh, there's an old joke about the guy that was looking for the perfect church and he found it. But then he joined it and it became not perfect any longer. Yeah. And uh, so the thing is, 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 you know, from my perspective, I'm sort of an activist for Christ. I'll tell some Christians that and that that is a little too much for them, okay? Because of the fact that we have a lot of churches that teach half the gospel. It's the gospel what I call of course the, there isn't a half a gospel not really, but it's the gospel all about me. It's a it you know if I come to Christ he's going to give me peace, I'm going to have this and I'm going to have this and and God's going to do this and God's going to do that. Um and then I ask okay when do we when's the payback time okay (laughs) and of course it's not said that but when you read acts 1 8 it says that when the holy spirit comes and it's come and then if you read different versions it says you will be my witness and we all know if christ was sitting in front of us right now saying you will be my witness that is a command Mm -hmm. to the ends of the earth and what are we the witness of we're the witness of the gospel Mm -hmm. all truth. Anytime we're speaking truth into darkness, that is righteousness. So Mike is right. Read the book. It'll give you a lot of tools. (laughs) And we all need tools. And uh, I'd love to say that I was an expert at this, but life is not that way. We, We struggle, we keep doing, but the more tools we have, the
3: more things we can fix. Amen. So you know, I'm not going to, to excuse myself, but I, I do not feel that I'm in a position to take a pastor and tell him, even question him in a manner that he can believe that I am coming against him and his philosophies, doctrines, whatever. I've been there. I've done that. Not good. <laughs> Did not end well. I can't say that I felt I was wrong, but I was out, totally out of place to, to take a pastor on in that manner. Individually, okay, some, some other individual, I don't mind doing it. But a pastor, to me, has a different position. Well, well Harry, can I answer that, um, Mike? Can I answer
1: yes, that? Yes, please, please.
2: Um, there's an old saying that uh, if you get two Christians together and they're talking about anything biblical— and if they say they agree on everything, one of them's lying. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, we have
2: a brother we meet every week. So, was, You're so there. Don't be surprised. I mean, I mean, I love Mike. I love like everything you were doing. But I think if him and I got down and start lining out everything, you know, would there be a disagreement? And who cares? Right. Because we're trying to do one thing.
0: Mm-hmm. We
2: want to be as Christ-like as possible. And we want to be his witness into the public square. And that's why Paul said to put on the full armor of God. Very seldom do they read verse 19 where it says what? It says, pray for me so I can be bold as Christ's ambassador. Mm -hmm. Yep. And there's where I'm going. I mean, uh, if people want to get in and talk about doctrine, I I say, "Wait, wait, wait wait a minute. We're supposed to make disciples of all nations. How are you doing? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's the only thing I want to talk about.
1: <laughs> yep, yep. I just so this gathering that I was at, uh, mm-hmm. folks in Iowa. That was the the focus. A- after talking about all the current events and um, went through a conversation about the jab and why it isn't. And, and, and I know this is going to stir some folks because because I see it out there. Let me just say this: the jab, folks, is not the mark of the beast. Let me just let's make that clear. Stop saying that because it isn't. Because, and this is what, and it's your fault, Dave. You triggered me on this because you're talking about <laughs> doctrine. You're talking about doctrine and theology. When we understand the the events that lead up to the necessity of the mark. There's a whole series of events that have to transpire, have to happen, Uh, beginning with the rise of the Antichrist, this world leader that everybody will acknowledge, the peace treaty that he signs with Israel, the breaking of that peace treaty, the the building of the temple in Jerusalem, the the slaying of the two witnesses on the street. The whole world celebrates, exchanges gifts. They're resurrected and taken to heaven. The the Antichrist receives a a somewhat, a seemingly mortal blow, and he is, is resurrected, all of that has to transpire before before we see the mark. Have we seen it? Okay, so there's my, I'm getting off my soapbox now. So, <laughs> so I talked about the jab. I talked about all the current events. I talked mm-hmm. about Pfizer. I talked about all these things that's going on with the mandates and this and that and the other thing. And I brought it down at the end to this one point. We need to be like John Harper. And I did that intentionally because most people don't know who John Harper was. John Harper was called to be the pastor at Moody Memorial Church Mm. after DL. And he got on a ship with his six-year-old daughter to make that voyage across the Atlantic. The name of that ship was the HMS Titanic. my gosh. (laughs) And John Harper's legacy was that he swam in those waters before hypothermia took him and he drowned, calling out to people, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. He actually said while standing on the deck, women, children, and the unsaved to the lifeboats. (laughs) He actually took off his life preserver in the sea and gave it to a man who refused to receive Christ and said, you need this worse than I do. Let's all be John Harpers and not forget our mission, regardless of everything else that's going on, is to share the gospel of salvation alone, through faith alone, by the grace of God alone in Jesus Christ. We can talk about all of this stuff till we're blue in the face, but the only thing that's going to change a man or a woman is a changed, regenerated, redeemed heart through faith in Christ. Amen. 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 Amen, so, and amen. amen and amen. That is our mission, our co-mission, and it has not changed. So back to the book. Okay. Back to the book, chapter seven. Yes, sir. Here, with, with the, with the night. Here's what you say on page 11 concerning the night. You describe the night this way. The night is our verbal personality and is the most unique motion piece of the game. It moves over or around our opponent to truthfully influence them. The night can be the key to success or an avenue to failure when playing the Christian art of verbal chess. Why is that? It can be the key. Why is that, Dave?
2: Well, it's because of the fact that we literally speak in different levels of empathy. We, we speak in high empathy, low empathy, and medium empathy. To give you an idea real quick, high empathy is someone you say two words and they don't stop talking. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, what football team do you like? I like the blankety blank, 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 and then dot, 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 and they never shut up. Okay. Okay. You can't have a conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. Or you can have the other side well, what kind of football team do you like? Who cares?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Low empathy.
2: <laughs> Low empathy. just killed the conversation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what kind, what football team do you like? Well, I like the blank. Who do you like? And now we've started a conversation we're using medium empathy. And medium empathy is just critical to continuing mm-hmm. the conversation. Yeah. And that's, that's really the key to this. Only thing is, is that we never want to do things like order people around. We don't want to have immovable excuses, words which exclude you. It's none of your business. You know, I mean, if you want to kill the conversation to say that. okay. but yet, you know, we want to do things and develop techniques to redirect the conversation. Uh, I have literally been in a situation where somebody is uh, attacking me. And the real problem is not me. It's an issue. So I'll literally turn in my seat and point to the wall and address it. That is the problem. And I start and you, you'd be surprised. I've had the person literally turn in the chair and start at the problem too. Now, both of us are talking about the problem. We're not talking about me. Mm-hmm. It's redirecting, but it's got to be through medium empathy. It can't be harsh. It can't be low.
1: Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Amen. So next, uh, in the next chapter, chapter eight, you discuss the castle, which you say represents silent communication. I appreciated the, uh, the, the, the hat tip to the, to the groups of the musical groups of our day. Yes. <laughs> that, that took me back a little bit. Yeah. The I remember
2: silence. Yes, yeah, <laughs> The
1: sound of silence. But of course, what you're talking about there is body language or, or, physical behavior mm-hmm. you mentioned five that that five different types or kinds of body language being displayed on pages 140 and and uh, uh, 141 mm-hmm. um, body language really does it, it isn't it is silent to the person that's that's exhibiting the body language but for the person that's trained in understanding body language it is speaking volumes isn't it
2: it is and and it is literally about sixty percent of the communication Wow, it's not that's why we so mis so often misunderstand each other on the phone mm. okay We don't see the person uh, just to give you a personal example years ago, uh, we were moving from um, Sacramento up to uh, Santa Rosa and uh, California, and I was out looking at houses. And every night I'd come home after work and call my wife and start talking. And we'd start getting into a little bit of an argument. Well, we couldn't, she couldn't see me. She couldn't see me using palms gestures, the honesty, the searching for it. And the fact that we don't always say what we mean.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But I'll tell you what, when you see the body language. Now, if you can see Harry right now, you see the scenes like this. OK, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes hard. that means we're thinking about something, OK, yeah. you know, yeah. but you have to draw that baseline of body so we can have friendly body language, not aggressive, withdrawal body language, defensive body language. That's like with your feet apart and you're clapping your hands together, something like that are real aggressive when you're starting to height raise yourself higher than the other person. Mm-hmm. And then. Unusual mannerisms. We have to realize that people that are doing something wrong are trying to hide their body language. Sometimes they will smile when they got a bat behind their back. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Okay. So with a smile is out of character. It's not in the process. Uh, It's like uh, I did a lot of... uh, Speaking and educating on violence in the workplace. Uh, Here it is, 110 outside, and a guy walks in with a long coat on. Okay.
0: Mm.
2: And he's angry. What's under the coat? Why would you wear a long coat? You got to start clicking in. You got to Mm -hmm. understand there's something going on here. So, silent body language is critical to start looking at and reading. And I'd say that in the chapter, this chapter is not to teach you to be a perfect person or a person that is a master of body language, but just recognizing it will help the heck out of you.
1: Yes. Yes. Amen. And you also give some helpful tips. Um, and I'm just going to just read them quickly, uh, in, in, uh, how to how to read body language. First of all, scan from head to toe. Always be able to see the whole person looking for clues during the development of rapport. Second, do not judge a book by its cover, but look for telling clues, distractions, outward signs, etc. Third, look for consistent changes in normal mannerisms. Fourth, exercise caution. Inappropriate or unusual mannerisms deserve special attention. Fifth, Keep command of your own body language to influence your opponent or client. Sixth, communicate in the appropriate personal zone. And that's a whole nother conversation in itself. Yes. Uh, What constitutes comfort zones for people, communication zones. And some people are, uh, and I know we've all experienced this, some people really when they communicate they like to get in what I call your personal space I mean mm-hmm. they get really up close and yeah. and and I've found myself sometimes Dave I find myself backing up a little bit
2: absolutely yeah and you can see it from the side if you like, the the one person's leaning backwards slightly <laughs> the other person's <laughs> yeah. leaning forward you yeah. know i've even I've even stepped back and had them straddle my leg <laughs> oh. Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and but you have to come up with ways to say, you know, it's a little uncomfortable for me. You just right push on your arm like this a little yeah. uncomfortably standing so close and they'll go, Oh, okay. You yeah. see, and yeah. you gotta, you gotta alert them, but in a, in a very empathetic way. Yes. Yes,
1: absolutely. But uh, so, so pawns is the subject of chapter nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we've made it through all of the pieces on the chessboard. Mm-hmm. So what strategies and, and actually people may, may may think well, pawns, they're just the throwaway pieces. They're just the you know the bait will lure the 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 opponent in with the pawns. So it's like, well, not really. Pawns mm-hmm. are very strategic and and they fulfill a very important uh part of communication, don't they, Dave?
2: That's right. They can be calming, they can be persuasive protective assuring you know and they're and they're created and for me personally i create i have created 13 different pawns and these are you know i mean something as simple as the first time you meet somebody the the you know you introduce you get to know the person you spend time to find out who they are that's what i call an every time do okay yeah. and so they, the, we've talked a little bit about the question pond. That's one of the most effective ones that, that you use, but because when you ask questions, what you're doing is affirming them because you're getting them to talk and you're getting them to tell you what they believe. And then as you listen and watch body language, then you're able to ask the next question. And you'd be surprised at the different times that I've Well, you see, I'll do things like, for instance, I've walked off of the Senate floor and I have a a newspaper person or a a news person thrust a microphone right straight in my mouth and there's Mm -hmm. a camera on me and they start asking me questions, okay? And then what I do is I start asking them questions. (laughs) I love that. You see, and now what happens is And then after two questions, I can usually get it down to three questions. Then I can answer yes or no. But what you never answer is a 30,000 foot question. Okay. Don't sit there and try to figure out what they're asking. Mm -hmm. Ask questions. Um, in, In workplace, you get somebody coming up and saying, you always ignore me. And you say, I ignore you. And they say, yeah, because last time I liked this. And when did that happen? Then you, your next question, your next question, next question. Now they realize that this might not be true. And now you can give them a, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. so the ponds are very important.
1: Yes, yes. Sometimes um, a person's perception of a situation or an event is is erroneous and and, and and you can help them discover that through these techniques the, the pawn techniques of asking questions and having them think about it and yes so so here's here's the bottom line Dave here's here's the question that everybody <laughs> that everybody's been waiting for. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Effective, efficient and godly communication takes effort. What do you hope your readers take away from your book, The Christian Art of Verbal Chess, speaking life into others? And I have a suspicion it's in that subtitle, speaking life into
2: others. We can't speak life into others consistently unless we have a strategy. And we started putting that strategy to work. Now, it's real easy for me to speak life into my daughter who loves me. I love her. Mm -hmm. But believe me, when you meet people at church, after church, or you go over to their house and they don't know who you are, if you don't have a strategy and if you don't show them grace and it's it's I'll use the example of what Harry just said. He he talked about his frustrations, okay, with the church. Harry, you and I could sit down for two hours and talk about frustrations. The problem with the church is, is they're filled with people. Mm. And if it was just Christ, it would be perfect. Otherwise, it's just people. (laughs) And so, and in the book I make is understand we are all inconsistent, we're complex, and we're flawed. That's the norm. That's where every one of us is, okay? And then once we realize that and we start using grace and we start putting on the character of the king and we start listening and we start watching body language, then we can understand and we can speak life into someone else.
1: Amen. Amen. That is a great way to end this episode of Wisconsin Christian News TV, WCN-TV. I've been talking with author Dave Howard about his book, The Christian Art of Verbal Chess, Speaking Life into Others. I encourage you to go out to Amazon, get yourself a copy. Visit his website, foxholeministries.com foxhole ministry.com god bless you guys thanks for joining us here we'll see you next week with a new show and a brand new guest thank you thank you dude.